Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. This is the podcast where you get to find out some cool things that are happening in the world of entrepreneurship, and today's episode is going to be the same thing. If this is your first episode, I hope that you're excited because my goal with this show is to bring you interviews with people who are doing things that are inspiring in the world of entrepreneurship and to remind you that you, too, can do this because most of the people who listen to the show are either small business owners, solopreneurs, or they are people who have jobs who either have a side hustle or want to go start their own thing. Most of you who reach out to me say, I am this close to trying to make the leap and do my own thing in the world of entrepreneurship, in the world of business. And I think that's exciting because it's almost been eight years since I took that leap. My name is Tom Singer. I make my living as a professional speaker and master of ceremonies, and I was laid off from a job in the bottom of the recession, April 2009. I mean, they say that April 2009 was the worst of the worst, and I got my walking papers on April 1st that year. Now, the irony of being laid off on April 1st is not lost on me, but it has been an absolutely fantastic journey ever since. And one of the coolest things that I've done is I've started this podcast. We are now up to episode 231, and almost 200 of these episodes are interview podcasts. It's sort of been my own personal university where I get to sit down face-to-face or via Skype or Zoom.us and interview people who are solopreneurs, small business owners, entrepreneurs, business leaders, or really anyone who has that entrepreneurial spirit. And today is no different. Today I am sitting down actually face-to-face in his office with Mike Millard. Now, Mike is the founder of Pitch Kid, and he's going to tell us all about what this is. And I am so excited because I wish that 40 years ago, when I was 10 years old, there had been this much focus on the ability to start your own business, to be an entrepreneur. But in the 1970s and 1980s, it just wasn't talked about like it is now. It certainly wasn't celebrated the way it is today. And the kids of today are fortunate because they have role models and they have access to things on the web that we just didn't have in my day. And Mike's company is really doing something totally unique. So I'm excited to sit down and talk with them. Hey, Mike Millard, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to talk about Pitch Kid. So tell me what Pitch a Kid is all about. Let the audience know. So Pitch a Kid is where it's an event where entrepreneurs pitch to kids, and we're trying to connect kids to entrepreneurship to learn about problem solving, learn about different careers and industries, but ultimately get them excited about solving problems. So these are live events? Live events right now. We hope to eventually get them streamed if we go kind of the technology route, but right now they're just live events quarterly in Austin. So when you say pitch a kid, this, I mean, by the nature of the name of it, it sounds like entrepreneurs, you know, constantly, if you have an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial business, you have to go out and raise money. You're constantly pitching investors. You're having these entrepreneurs come in and and pitch kids. Exactly. And the key is when you have to refine your message using simple language, using analogies, using storytelling, in essence, if you can't explain it to a fifth grader, you're probably not ready for an angel investor or a VC. So that's like that game show, you know, are you smart as a fifth grader? A little bit, exactly. 
So for these entrepreneurs who are coming in and pitching, I would imagine that if you're practicing a pitch to give to a venture capitalist, you're thinking one way, like, oh, I have to prove how smart I am. But if you're going in and having to take your message down to, to kids, does that change the way they, they hone their message? It does. I think what it does is allows you to understand what you really know about your product and what you don't. If you can explain things very simply, it's basically a rule that you probably know exactly what you're doing and how you're going to do it. When you explain to kids, there's a natural inclination for them. I call it the BS meter. They know when you're not saying something that you don't understand. And they're very blunt, they're unfiltered, and they're honest. So where did you come up with the idea of Pitch a Kid? What, how did this all start? So it started um, about two years ago. I made a website with my daughter called Startup Info Matters. And she asked me who the website is for, why will they go there, and how will they know about it? So, so how old was your daughter at the time? She was seven. And I really did not have an answer. Actually, I, I miserably failed. I did not have a good answer at all. And what it dawned on me is that I realized that those were really good questions. So I kind of took that as a spark. And I took her pitches that I had received. And she asked some really good questions. And I'm a research nerd. So I took that and asked her friends to come around. And I pitched them. And each time they kept saying, do it again, Mr. Millard, do it again. And I realized they were asking really good questions. They were learning and they were having fun. And then things switched. And a little inspiration from you, from other people, they said, you know what? Maybe you could make this an event. Maybe you could do this quarterly in Austin and have a little fun. And my original goal was to do something fun with my daughter, to be cooler than I actually am <laughs> for maybe an extra year with my daughter before the downward spiral, right? So she's now nine. Um, and it's just kind of taken off. We've had some great press. We've had a lot of parents and educators and entrepreneurs say this is a good thing. The kids seem to like it. And we're just kind of going with the flow right now. So you've done this event twice now? Actually, we've done three events. And then our next event is February 19th at the Norris Conference Center. And then we're also going to be at South By. So you're taking this to South by Southwest. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing there, because I think that's really exciting. And I know a lot of people who listen to the show will either be at South by Southwest or they dream about being at South by Southwest. So tell us what you're doing with South by. So it's a startup workshop. And what we want to do there is instead of the normal pitch a kid, which has a first, second and third, we're going to have each we're going to have three companies pitch and the kids rate them on their business model, value proposition, market research and validation vision and team. And then what they're going to do is after they get the score to the entrepreneur, they're going to go back and say, this is why I gave you that score. This is what I heard. And basically a back and forth to let them refine their pitch to say, well, I said this and I thought I did a great job, but I got a one on vision. And why, why did you give me a one? So how many kids will be on the panel? We have four kids. So we have, um, see, three younger kids and one older kid. Um, one thing I've learned about this is if you have one older kid, the younger kids behave themselves. So when you say older and younger, how old are the kids that'll be on your panel? We've got, let's see, fourth through sixth grade, and then we have one kid in high school, I think in 10th grade. So when I think of pitching, I think about entrepreneurs who are pitching to investors. And so are the kids giving out money? The kids don't give out money. Um, I kind of want to leave that to the pros, but they do give out prizes. And one of the things that, I mean, everybody likes prizes, they're fun. So we've got uh, Microsoft Surface Pro. They stepped up and offered that as a, as a prize. We've got some ice cream giveaways. We've got some coffee. We've got Advil. We've got honey from my brother. We've got different things to make it kind of fun for the kids and to make it a little worthwhile for the entrepreneurs. So is this something that can scale? I mean, you've done this three times now in Austin, about to do your fourth, and then South by. Where, where does Pitch a Kid go? 
That's a great question. <laughs> I think we can do pitch a kid event kits. That's what we're hearing from the market. And we think we can create an online platform for kids to connect entrepreneurs. And that's kind of the goal what we're working on now. So I guess, you know, if, if I had been 10 years old and exposed to the idea that you can start a business and I got to sort of judge the business and report back, maybe earlier in life, I would have been motivated to do this. So is the big motivation behind this to really teach the kids or is the big motivation to teach the entrepreneurs? It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. But one of the things that because I started with my daughter is I want her to learn those problem solving skills. And I think what's really exciting is after every event, the kids get excited. They get motivated to do their own thing. And there is a benefit for the entrepreneurs, of course, but I think it's fun to watch the kids get excited to say, hey, I can do that, or I didn't know I could do those things, which is really fun. So what has been the feedback from the entrepreneurs who have pitched the kids? Well, actually, it's, it's fun because a lot of the entrepreneurs say this is going to be a piece of cake because they're just a bunch of kids. How hard can this be? And usually about a week before, I get some emails, some texts, maybe a phone call oh my goodness, I'm pitching to kids. What do I do? How do I present what I do to the kids? We've had some great feedback. Most of the time, um, the feedback is, I didn't think it would be this hard or this useful, but wow, it really made me think about my product and service because I have to explain it in simple terms. So if somebody's listening to this and, and they live in another part of the country than, than Central Texas and they're like, oh my gosh, we need to do this in, in my neck of the woods, how do they get in touch with you and how do they, how do they be sort of a pioneer in Pitch a Kid? So you can go to our website, www.pitchakid.com, and there's a, an opportunity there to host an event. If you go click on that, you can host an event in your city or town, and you can do a Pitch a Kid there. Has anyone done that yet? Not yet. We've got um, Denver, Atlanta, New Zealand, Sweden, Sweden, New Zealand, and there's one more I forget that is really interested in doing it, and we've got Houston and Dallas also interested so, you know, you come from a, a sort of an eclectic background, but you've always had sort of an entrepreneurial bent. As long as I've known you, you've always been, you know, trying things and looking for, for different angles. So now that you've launched out to do this, what are you loving about this lifestyle of, of entrepreneurship? Well, actually, what I found is that it's a lot like being a parent, which has been kind of interesting to me. I didn't think they were the same. But as a parent, and I only have one kid, I don't really know what I'm doing a lot of the time. And I find the same parallel with being an entrepreneur. I like the challenge. I love the feeling of uh, molding something from scratch and building something. But I also like the fact that a lot of this is not scripted. This is not something that's a formula. You have to go figure it out. And for me, I get excited about that. So, and this is something you've been able to do side by side with your nine-year-old daughter in, in some aspect. Is she part of this business? She is actually a co-founder and she will let you know that. So, um, <laughs> we have a good time. She learns a lot. Um, I keep her engaged by asking her questions. I, I pay her a little bit for her time, and I'm trying to bring her into every single aspect, from the website to the logo, to do the events, to talk to entrepreneurs, to how to do the scheduling. And she's seeing how it all, you know, many times is not as pretty as people think, but it's kind of teaching her a little bit of grit along the way. Well, and I think that's really good for kids. I mean, I have a 20, I have two, two daughters. I have a 15-year-old and a, and a 20-year-old, and are just about to be 15 and just about to be 20 because they're both very literal. They would say they're 19 and 14. But the oldest one is a sophomore studying business and statistics at Carnegie Mellon University. And she says one of the reasons she's so interested in business is I used to let her sit there as I would talk to my friends and as I would, you know, talk about my business. I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs. 
Um, from the time she was young, I was very active in the National Speakers Association, and they do a teen leadership conference where they bring the teens in and have some of the best motivational speakers and, and business speakers and charity speakers in the world come in and talk to these kids about how you can, you know, you can start businesses, you can start charities, you can do whatever you want. It's it's not teaching them to be speakers. It's really teaching them leadership and life skills. But she started going to that when she was 12 or 13, went in for four years. You can only go until you're 16. Then she went back as a counselor for another three years. And this is the last year that she can be involved with it. But being able to go to that conference with me and sit with other solopreneurs and other speakers, she would sit at the bar and just soak it all up. And there were people who were like, you can't bring your daughter to the bar. And, you know, she's 13 years old and she would tell you at 19, she's been thrown out of some of the nicest bars in the JW Marriott chain. But, you know, a lot of these hotel bars, they're also restaurants. The kids can be there. And and there were people who kind of sneered at me saying, we don't want to have a kid around at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night. Send her to bed. But she thrived on it. And it has led her to study business and to be very involved. And she's not shy about the idea of business because she grew up talking about it or at least listening to the grownups talking about it. So do you think that this exposure to the kids who are part of Pitch a Kid, but also to your daughter being a co-founder, do you think that that's a good idea? I do. And I think it's more about the problem solving aspect. So I'm a Gen Xer, as are you are. And I look at this and think, you know, we were the generation that had one foot in old school and one foot in new school. We remember life before Siri and Alexa right? We remember how to actually use a card catalog, which many people don't even know what that is. But I think that old school grit, we need to pass on to some of our younger kids. And I think when they hear the stories and the pitching from these entrepreneurs, they themselves go, one, I didn't know that exists. A, I might be able to do that. And two, I'm seeing what you're over, you know, three, what you're overcoming to execute. And now that she's with me, she's seeing all the things that you have to do to run a business. And I think a little bit is, you know, there's a lot of non-glamorous stuff, but that's okay. That's okay to see that. And I think it's exciting for me to watch her because she started her own food blog. She wants to start her own company. She's already kind of got the fire. And what I want to do is, you know, nurture that along as best I can. So now that you're kind of in the entrepreneurial world, what, you know, what don't you like about it? Are there any times that you think, eh, I'd be better off just to grab a paycheck and work 40 or 50 hours a week? That's a great question. I, I think what... I don't like about it is it's a little a little overwhelming at this stage. So right now I'm a little overwhelmed. There's so many things happening. And I think it's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit lonely. You know, sometimes you it's up to you. So I think when you have a nine to five job, you've got a, a circle of friends you can go see. And when you're kind of getting things from the ground floor started, it's kind of you. And you have to remember to kind of socialize and network. Um, that's probably the only drawback, but I love the challenge. I love the feeling. And I love inspiring the young minds to go do more, which is cool. So you bring up the the point of networking. So I've come to you and we're doing this interview face-to-face, which most of the time I do them by Skype. We're actually in your home office, which is in a detached building behind your house in central Austin. And your daughter's at school, your wife is at work, and you're in the garage in this, you know, 20 by 10 room. You know, is there ever a time where you think, oh, my God, this is so lonely? And if so, why is networking important for someone who's trying to start their own thing? One of the things I've learned over the years is that you really need to have a good you know, group of friends that can tell you the truth, coaching and networking. But it's also just getting out there and asking for not only just help, but also advice. I like to make sure I don't miss anything. So I ask for a lot of advice from people. And I think when you go in your cocoon, you miss that opportunity to get out there. And also remember, at least for me, it's not 
about you. So I think what people forget when they network is by asking, how can I help you, the other person, you then become um, engaged in a way that they say, this is legitimate, this is, this is good. And you find by helping others, people are willing to help you. So if someone's listening to this show and they think, I want to go to my garage and start my own business, I just I, I want to wake up in the morning and commute to the garage in my pajamas, uh, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to go down this entrepreneurial path? Well, here's what I did is I, I worked on this for about a year and a half before I decided to take the jump. So I encourage people to do that. I also encourage people to do a little bit of planning. And, and, and I'll be the first one to say that sometimes business plans are good for about 20 minutes, but it doesn't hurt to actually get you know some stuff on paper. But ask a lot of questions. Ask your target market questions. I interviewed kids and parents and entrepreneurs and educators. It seemed like, you know, 10 to 15 a day just to understand, am I on the right path? Is this something worthwhile? Is this something you would pay money for? Am I adding any value? So that, that's kind of the advice I'd give. So, you know, living in Austin, you drive down a street like this and there's detached garages and probably there's a startup in every single one in the in the city that we live in. But, you know, I've been doing a lot of talking and, and research lately about this whole concept of potential. And a lot of people have potential and they could go start a business or they could do anything, really. And yet potential doesn't really equal results. We were talking before we started this interview about sort of that gap. How do you get from the potential that maybe you could start a business, maybe you could be successful, you have this drive, to wow, you actually have something? What are are your opinions on how do we bridge that gap from potential and results? Well, one thing is I think you need to find something that you really believe in. Are you passionate about it? Because this, what I'm doing now, doesn't feel like work. I'm having a blast. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm having a blast. But on the execution aspect, I think what you have to realize is you're going to make mistakes. You need to be a little bit fearless. It's okay to make the mistake. So I tell my daughter all the time, failure is not trying. Failure is not doing something and not getting the result you wanted. That's called learning. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, for folks that want to reach the potential, I think what you have to realize is find that passion, find something you really enjoy, but also just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I mean, I'm doing this podcast. I mean, I'm putting myself out there because... I'm passionate about getting kids the skills to be successful in the 21st century. Well, and you know, you bring up an interesting point because I, I think about myself as a speaker. I love speaking. And, you know, I would speak for free if I was independently wealthy. I would just go to every Rotary Club on the planet or every Young Men's Business League in every city that I could find and just do it because it's so much fun. I I had the ability or the privilege to speak for a group here in town called the Metropolitan Breakfast Club. And I actually they asked me to talk about the journey of hosting a podcast. Now, that's not a topic that I've ever spoken about because I've only been doing it for two and a half years, and I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I mean, there's people out there, the guy from Entrepreneur on Fire, uh, Solopreneur Hour, you know, John Lee Dumas and and, and Michael O'Neill. Hey, they're experts, right? They're, they're getting thousands of downloads and making millions of dollars a year off their podcast through the different products and services they offer. And so my thought is, is who am I to talk about a podcast? But those people are really outliers. The reality is, is that I have a show that gets consistent listenership and it spins off speaking business for me. People who listen say, hey, my company's having an employee meeting. We should talk to you. And and I've only landed two of those, but I've talked to like four or five. So if that continues, all of a sudden, my podcasting is, is sort of a journey. But Metropolitan Breakfast Club, it's a 6.30 in the morning meeting and they don't pay their speakers, but I was so excited to get up and drive to the University of Texas and go to the UT Club and and give that speech. It was as if I was doing a full paid keynote to 2,000 people because I like what I do. And so you were talking about the fact that you got to have the passion. 
I think there's a lot of people out there who start businesses for the wrong reasons. I don't think they have that passion. I think some of them think, oh, I have an idea. I can flip it and maybe make some money, but I don't really like this product. I don't like these customers. Or I think some people do it just because, you know, it seems like the cool thing to do. Do you think there, have you run into entrepreneurs who you think don't have passion? They're, they're there for the wrong reasons? I have. I've been lucky. Um, a lot of the acquaintances and, and the circles that I run in, you, you meet a lot of people. And there are some you have to wonder, like, do you really want to do this? And one of the things that we have for, on a Pitch a Kid, we have the, the evaluation. It's called team, one of the scoring that we use. And part of the questions that we want them to look for is, are they having fun? Do they really like doing this? Are they solving a problem that they just burningly want to solve? And you see folks that you go, you know, how's your business going? Oh, you know, it's fine. Or how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just really busy. And, and, and I'm always like, I'm loving life. I mean, this is a good thing. This is an opportunity. Let's figure it out. And you have to wonder, are those the folks that people want to invest in? And my argument would be no. Because if you're not really having a good time, if you're not really having um, that passion behind you, you're not in the energy flow of life, I don't know if that's really where you should be. But part of one of the things that you kind of, kind of made me think about is, I think a lot of this is just owning who you really are. One of the things that's been hard for me is it's taken me a long time to realize I think deep down there's a teacher in me. And I didn't want to admit that. I went to get an MBA because that's what you're supposed to do. And I know how to maximize and minimize and optimize, which means absolutely nothing. But I find that I love talking to my daughter about different things and teaching her about business. I love teaching neighborhood kids about business, and it's fun. And I thought, how cool would it be if I could open that up to more kids around the U.S.? where they learn from real entrepreneurs. I'm still a kind of a newbie. So I got a couple more questions before I let you go. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly, if you want to start a podcast, I can't say enough great things about working with Podfly. They take all of the headache out of hosting a podcast. They're my production company, and I've been working with them since episode one, two and a half years ago. And every single time that I record an episode, like I'm doing here with Mike, I think if I had to do all of the technical work and all of the editing, this episode would never go live. I talked to somebody recently, and she had been to a panel of podcasters, and they said they put in between six and eight hours editing every single show. Now, I will tell you what, my time is worth a lot of money, and if I had to spend five, six, seven, eight hours editing a show, there would be no shows. So if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show, and then tell them that I sent you, and they'll answer all of your questions. They're absolutely fantastic, and I'm proud that they're a sponsor. So Mike, I call this show cool things entrepreneurs do. What is the coolest thing you're doing right now with your business? I've given this some thoughts, so I listen to your podcast. I think the coolest thing is more of a byproduct of what we, what we have. So by getting these kids front and center with the entrepreneurs, after every event, I get some kids and parents that either text me or email me and say, I'm now confident to go do my own thing, or I'm now excited to go try to do my own thing. For me, that's the cool thing, is that the byproduct of, hey, I've connected kids to entrepreneurship, and now they want to go do it themselves. That's awesome. So I think that in addition to you know wanting to make money and start cool things like Pitch a Kid, I think that entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask the people who come on this show, 
Who's someone out there that you say, wow, he or she, they're just crushing it. They're doing something cool. Um, that's a great question. I look at Brett Hurt. I've seen him with Data World and just watching him. I've watched him from afar, not, not in a weird, creepy way, but <laughs> just kind of watched him a little bit over his career. And Brett seems to have this ability to zero in on what people really need at that particular point in time. Although it seems to be like he's a little bit ahead of the curve. And I like the way he's very methodical. So I, I tend to watch him, um, like I says, not, not in a weird stalker kind of way, but I, I tend to watch him to see what he does. And um, I think he's got the goods. So. so in the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show really has to do with how do you give back? Because I think great entrepreneurs, I think they want to do more than just make money. I think they want to leave their mark behind. And obviously the stuff you're doing will leave lots of marks behind. But what do you do to impact that greater good? Well, we're still kind of a newbie, but here's what we're trying to do is we think it would be great to set up a scholarship. So every time that you come to a Pitch a Kid event, we want to give 10% to set up a scholarship for kids to basically go to school for entrepreneurship. We think that's a good start to get um, my daughter understand that you need to give back. It's a good thing to kind of perpetuate it forward. And we haven't got it all figured out, but that's kind of the plan we want to do when we start making a little bit more money. So how would that work? Do you have any idea yet? What's your sort of dream for that? I want to use the Austin Community Foundation. I think they, are, they have a good turnkey solution. And then the goal is if you sign up for like a membership, 10% of that automatically goes to the scholarship. So it's kind of recurring. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think anytime you can tie something to that growth of your company, like we do it with my speaking business, we take a small percentage every time I get paid to give a speech and we give it to two funds, one at Children's Hospital here in Austin and one at Children's Hospital in San Diego, where our daughter Kate was operated on when she was an infant. She's now 15, but 15 or about to be 15, 15 years ago, she had to have her entire skull rebuilt when she was six months old. And it was a horrible thing as a parent to have to go through. But we were very lucky. We didn't have state-of-the-art doctors and state-of-the-art hospital like we do now with Dell Children's. So we had to travel. We had to look around the country. And when I started speaking professionally, one of the things we did is we just tied a little bit of it to these two funds, one that we started here in our city and one that we started for the research doctors where Kate was operated on. Well, over the course of now nine years, that has grown into, I think, combined between the two hospitals, nearly $60,000. Now, I'm not the kind of guy who comes from a family that has their name on the wall of a hospital. And my brother said to me, how in the world do you have that's real money? How do you have that? And the answer was we did it piece by piece. And I call it compounded generosity. So when we were growing up, because again, you know, we're Gen Xers, they talked a lot about the magic of compounded interest. Now, of course, banks pay like 0.01% now. So I think the magic has, has come out of compounded interest. But the idea was if you started investing when you were young and just let the money build and grow upon itself, that the magic of compounding, you would retire with a great amount of money. Now, the truth is none of us did it, but that was the theory is if you started early and just did little things consistently, there was magic in that. So I came up with the term compounded generosity, where if you just do something small, like take 5% or 10% or 1% of whatever your product is, and you just always do that, you'll look back after you're in business 10, 15 years. And if you're a big company, that could be millions of dollars. If you're a small company, it could be really impactful numbers. So I think what you're doing is, is, is fantastic. Thanks. And we, um, I'm just so thrilled to be on the podcast and I'm excited about this stuff. So we just want to get kids connected entrepreneurs and hopefully that allow them to you know, solve their problems and, and, and get inspired to do their own thing. Well, Mike Millard from Pitch a Kid, if people want to find you and they need to know more about this wonderful, wonderful new startup that you have, where do they go? How do they find you? And et cetera. 
So my email is mike at pitchakid.com. Email me. I'll respond as quick as I can. And you can always go to our website, www.pitchakid.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for letting me come to your office and, and do this interview in person. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I think this is going to be one of those episodes that gets everybody excited. I think if you're a parent and you have that 7, 8, 10, 12-year-old, even my 15-year-old, I want her to know what's going on with Pitch a Kid because I want that that spark of enthusiasm to be there and get people really excited you know, about this. Because as I said when we started this episode, I wish there had been role models for me when I was in junior high and high school, because if there had been real role models who said, this is, this is a legit path, I think I would be far more successful today than, than I even am. So again, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for everybody who tuned in. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Mike Millard. I know probably seems hard, but we're going to find him. But in the meantime, I challenge you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.